In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you in this Sunday. Sunday is a day in which we celebrate with great joy the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For that reason, we say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And of course, we'd like to start off this day, this week, with Mary. Mary has many beautiful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. For that reason, we cry out to Mary also. Mary is our life our sweetness and our hope. So let's uh, pray to Mary, the prayer that she loves most. That prayer is the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director, who is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has many titles. Holy Spirit is known as the (coughs) gift of gifts. He's also known as the sweet guest of our soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master or guide. St. Paul reminds us in, in these words, he says, we, we don't really know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy, and that the fire of the Holy Spirit would, would burn in the depths of our hearts. Let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. And that prayer is, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful. <laughs> by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Right on. Glory, glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. 
Let's say Gabriel, pray for us. St. Robert Bellarmine, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So, my friends, in the Perseverance family, this is uh, our Sunday. The, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Every Sunday is a day in which we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, as always, I will be praying for all of you and your intentions. But on. So, um, I have Mass uh, this morning, and I'd like to place you on the altar and offer these these specific intentions. And of course, the holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all the greatest of all the prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I'd like to place you on the altar and offer these intentions. First intention I'd like to offer would be that all of us, as we start off this new week, that we would be open, we'd be open to the workings and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. And I like to pray in a special way, for all of our families. That's right, all of our families. uh, For the conversion of our families, the sanctification of our families, and the salvation of our families. As Jesus says, clearly in the in the gospel, he says, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and loses his soul? So let's play mutually for each other in our Perseverance family that our own natural families, all the members would open up their hearts to the love of God. Open our hearts to the to the love of God. And then another intention I have I'd like to pray in a special way for those who will be dying. Sometime today, that they would open up that those who are dying will open up to God's infinite mercy and be saved. Many of you have intentions. And I'd like to place all these intentions on the altar. Of course, the holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers. So how good it is to come together and to pray as a family for these important intentions.
So my friends, Sunday is the day in which we celebrate in a special way the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the way in which we celebrate the this Sunday is especially by If it's possible, some of you may not be able to make it because you're old. You're watching old, old, over elderly people. But if you can go to Mass to participate fully, actively, and consciously in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. In the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we remember... We call to mind especially the Our Father. And the Our Father, we we say, give us this day our daily bread. When we say give us this day our daily bread, what we mean by this is we're begging for, as Angelica has placed, for all sick people that we would be given health sufficient health to be able to serve the Lord. And when our health is declined, to offer up our sufferings to the Lord for the conversion and salvation of many souls. But then we say, give us this day our daily bread. That refers to the Word of God. Remember when the devil is tempting Jesus, the devil tempts Jesus by telling him to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but every word, every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. And then when we say, give us this day our daily bread, this also refers to the bread of life, the Eucharist. We as Catholics, every time we go to Mass, we're able to nourish ourselves on the bread of the Word of God. And then we're able to nourish ourselves on the bread of life in the Eucharist. How privileged we are. The Sunday Mass, my friends, Sunday Mass, we have the great privilege of being able to nourish ourselves on three readings. Today we have a reading from the Old Testament book of Sirach. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 103. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger and rich in compassion. We have a short passage from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Romans 14. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Then we have a longer passage in the Gospel from St. Matthew chapter 18, in which Peter asks our Lord, how many times does he have to forgive? As many as seven times. And our Lord says, not seven, but 77 times. So there we have a an eagle-eye view of the readings we have in the Mass for today. How rich. So the first reading of Syrac starts out with wrath and anger are hateful things. Yet the sinner Hugs them tight. I'd like to tell you a story that I once heard from Father Benedict Rochelle. 
related to wrath and anger. <clears throat> Father Groeschel, uh, who was a well-known Franciscan priest that died about 10 years ago. He was on EWTN. He wrote many books. He's just a, a great preacher, teacher, with a really good sense of humor. Had a degree in psychology from from Columbia. And he tells a story of a father that was heading to work and on the way to work there was a lot of traffic. He arrives at work and things don't go well. Coming back from work to home, even more traffic. When he finally arrives home, utterly frustrated, he sees his son and daughter and they're fighting. He gets really angry at his son and says, go into your room. It would have been better if you were never born. That's what he said to his son. His wife comes out and says, I've been putting up with them the whole day and you bark at them. So he barks at his wife. So then finally they sit down and have dinner in silence. An angry silence. Father Benedict Rochelle, who is a Franciscan priest and psychologist, says that that child will not forget what his father said for a good 40 years. In other words, that, that anger that the father expressed has an indelible an indelible mark or impression left on the left on that child. An indelible mark or impression left on that child. So we have to learn how to control our we have to learn how to control our anger. Heard another story related to the effects of anger on others. It's a story of a of a of a boy that had fits of anger. And the mother said, every time you give into a, a tantrum, I want you to go outside in the backyard and I want you to get a hammer and to pound a nail into that piece of wood. So for seven days in a row, the the boy gave in to fits of anger and threw a tantrum. So the piece of wood had seven nails in it. Father came home from a trip and the wife told him that his son was throwing fits of fits fits of anger and tantrum. Father said, "Okay, this this week I don't want you to to do one at all. And every day that you go through the day without throwing a tantrum, I want you to go and pull that nail out of the piece of wood." So the boy had a good week. And day after day, he went into the backyard and got a hammer. And the back of the hammer, he pulled out the nails that had been pounded into it the week before. The son said to the father, said to the father, Look, dad, no more nails. But the father said, true, no more nails, but you can see there are still holes in that piece of wood. 
Meaning, even though we we try to reconcile with others after we've made mistakes, but still there are the after effects. So better for us not to allow anger to get control of us. So, the Word of God says, the vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. So what the Word of God is saying, and this is not easy, and this is not easy, it demands relying upon God's grace, is when someone hurts you, someone offends you, then we have to forgive. And not to seek out revenge. This is hard. But the Bible says that if we forgive others, then God will forgive us. And then if we forgive others, then God will hear our prayer. And it could be, my friends, could be, that we're praying and it seems as if God doesn't hear us. Because we're holding on. We're holding on to some past resentment. We say we have forgiven, but we really haven't. What I'm saying, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And the, actually, the, the responsorial psalm in Psalm 103, it depicts the way God is related to this topic. And the antiphon is, is this, the Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger, and rich in compassion. I'd like to repeat that to you. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger, and rich in compassion. So we want to always look to God, look to God as the model for us. God is our model. So as God is kind and merciful, so we want to try to be kind and merciful. As God is rich in compassion, we also want to be rich in compassion. I like to um, I like to do a dynamic with you. Years ago, I was listening to a Protestant pastor, a very holy man that died more than ten years ago. His name was uh, Doctor Adrian Rogers, and he was talking about this topic of resentment and anger and 
forgiveness. And he, he told the people in this congregation to do this. You might even try to do this with me now. He said to stretch out stretch out your hands. And as uh, the people were stretching out their hands, he said with the palms open. Then he said, now what I want you to do is make a fist. So he told them to make a fist and to clench it tight. You might even do this. Clench your fist. Hold it tight. Don't open it yet. A little bit tighter. Clench your fist. Don't open yet. Keep the fist closed. Keep it closed. Don't open yet. Keep it closed. A little bit longer. Okay, now open it up. Now, right now, the fact that I was doing it with you, when I opened, when I opened up my fists, When I opened up my fist, I experienced a relief. And maybe you didn't collaborate with me that well because I I threw that at you right away. Carmen says it hurts. But the fact that you opened up, you had your your fist clenched and you, you opened up your fists. You, you experience most certainly a relief. You experience a relief. And Adrian Rogers was pointing out when we hold on to resentment. When we hold on to resentment, then it's like having our <clears throat> our hands clenched tight. So like having our hands clenched tight. And once we forgive, once we forgive, then there is real there's a there's a psychological relief that comes about. Yesterday I had a wedding and one of the points I tried to make to the couple was the following. In the married life, you have to learn how to say three, three specific words or phrases. And they are, I love you, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. Those are three short phrases that have to be said in every family. I love you, then I'm sorry, and I forgive you. And the Bible teaches us not to allow the sun to go down on our anger. That's right. Not to allow the sun to go down on our anger. The same preacher, Dr. Adrian Rogers, gives another example which is pretty powerful. He says if you're if you go to bed 
you go to bed angry at your spouse or angry at your children. It's like going to bed with a snake in your heart. He said that that snake lays an egg and by the time you wake up there are many small snakes that are that are growing in your heart. I know that's pretty graphic, but it's uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. Let me give you a, the spiritual psychology. I'd like to give you the spiritual psychology behind. the negative after effects the negative actor after effects of not forgiving and holding on to resentment And it's this. It's this. If you don't forgive and you're holding on to resentment, there are one of two things that can happen, sometimes both of them. If you tend to be more of a you tend to be more of a introvert. You tend to be more of an introvert. Then what will happen is What will happen is you will start to become sad and depressed. So resentment and anger internalized is transformed into sadness and depression. How many people today are are suffering from sadness and depression? Many. One of the reasons why is that they've been hurt and they haven't forgiven the person that hurt them. On the other side of the coin, if you tend to be an extrovert, then that's expressed by angry words, by bitterness, by cheese, maize, or gossip, by insults. And sometimes, my friend, there's a combination of both depression, depression, as well as angerness and bitterness. So we really have to work work on forgiving those who hurt us. And not clinging to resentment. Really work on on that, not clinging to resentment, but forgiving. Now, I like to move, my friends, then from that first reading in the Responsorial Psalm. I like to move into the 
second reading, which is taken from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. And he starts off by saying, brothers and sisters. I like that, brothers and sisters. Every time we pray the Our Father, we say, Our Father, by saying Our Father, we're basically saying that God is our Father. Jesus is our older brother, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our intimate friend. So St. Paul starts out by saying, brothers and sisters. He says, none of us lives for oneself. No one dies for oneself. St. Paul is speaking against the danger of egotism, of selfishness. of narcissism. I like to call this, I have to be careful not to be dominated by the egotistic trinity. The egotistic trinity is me, myself, and I. That's right. The egotistic trinity is me, myself, and I. So that's what St. Paul is saying. Then he says, for if we live, this is St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, for if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. It's a short but very beautiful passage. So St. Paul says is this, our whole life, our whole being should be given totally to God. Let's pray that prayer that we would give our whole self to God through the hands of Mary. Our memory, give it to God. Our understanding, give it to God. Our imagination, give it to God. Our emotions, give it to God. Our body and his members, we give them to God. Our heart and our soul, we give it to God. Through Mary. Perhaps you've heard me pray this prayer. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, make my heart like unto yours. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I breathe breathe forth my soul unto thee. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment time. It's a prayer in which we're giving ourselves totally to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Beautiful prayer, isn't it? And then St. Paul ends by saying, For this is why Christ died and came, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. He might be the Lord of the dead and the living. So my friends, let's not not forget also to pray. Pray for the living, especially our family members. But also we should get in the habit of praying. We should get in the habit of praying also for the dead. 
And that's not just uh, uh, November 2nd. We should get in the habit of praying for the dead. As often as possible. We mentioned this before, but I think it's worth mentioning again. There is a tendency, there is a tendency that when, when someone dies, there's a tendency when someone dies, when there's a funeral, that we say, well, John died. He's no longer suffering. John died. Well, he's in a better place. Well, John died. He's in the happy hunting ground. John died. He's with the Lord. All those phrases, cliches, I'd almost say pious platitudes, perhaps people say them with a good intention to give consolation to the survivors, to those who are still living. But I honestly think, my friends, that that phrase, that phrase, He's no longer suffering. He's in a better place. He's in the happy hunting ground. He's with the Lord. I think that there's there's really inherent danger in that. And this is the reason why I say I don't want to be lacking in compassion toward the dead. Far from it. But the the inherent danger is, is the following. If John dies, and we're already unofficially canonizing him, saying that he's with the Lord, then that precludes that precludes that we're, we're going to be praying for him. That's right, that precludes that we're going to be praying for him if he's already in heaven. What's the purpose of praying for him if he's already in heaven? He's already made it. So it's a good idea not to not to presuppose that all those who have died right away Presuppose that right away that those who die they've already they've already made it. We don't know. We can only hope. And a um, couple examples of this is uh, at the end of August we at the end of August we celebrate uh, two saints back to back. And it's Saint Augustine and then Saint Monte, Saint Monica. We read in the Confessions the the last the last stage of the life of Saint Monica, where she's dying. And both Augustine and his brother they're at the they're at the bedside of Monica. Monica's suffering. She's about to die. And um, Augustine's brother says, well, we'll we'll make sure that we take your body uh, back to Africa where we can bury your body. And Monica is very disturbed by this. She's very disturbed by this.
very disturbed by this. And she turns to Augustine and says, look at these silly words that he's saying. And she turns to Augustine and says, I don't really care, I don't really care where you bury me. But remember me at the holy sacrifice of the Mass. My friends, in in about two weeks, I'll, I'll be calling to mind the, the death of my father who died October 1st, 2016. So it'll be seven years. And to be honest with you, to be honest with you, my father was a good man. Practicing Catholic his whole life. Nine children, a son who's a priest. Instrument in building a Catholic school for children. People really, people really loved him. His family members, his colleagues. He was highly esteemed. But I'm still praying for him. And that's really what he wanted. That's really what he wanted. And I think that should be our attitude. That we should not presuppose that when we die we're going right to heaven. We should pray that we could go right to heaven as well as our loved ones. We can never we can never go wrong, my friends. We can never go wrong in praying for the dead. And even if that person is already in heaven. That prayer is never it is never going to be wasted. Now the gospel today. All of you are aware of the fact that the gospel, the gospel and the first reading on Sundays usually it's the same theme. The same theme. The same theme. Now Peter comes up to Jesus. With a lot of goodwill and a lot of enthusiasm. Peter asks the Lord, a very important question. And the question is this. Lord, how many times how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. And what Jesus is saying in that response is that we are called, we're called to forgive. We are called to forgive limitless times. There's no limit to forgiveness. And Jesus says this, he says, be merciful, be merciful as your Heavenly Father is merciful. And of all the biblical passages and sayings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
perhaps one of the most important is the following. The apostles approached Jesus and say, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray, Jesus says, pray in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Underline that. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if we want to be forgiven, we want to be forgiven by our Heavenly Father, that we have to forgive those who have offended us. Father Al Hall said, if you don't forgive your brother who's offended you, you don't want to do it, then don't say the Our Father, because you're just saying it with your lips. So for us to really be forgiven by our Heavenly Father, we have to make a concerted effort to forgive those who have hurt us. And love or charity begins at home. Right now, my friends, I'm going to... It's the first day of confirmation. I'll be teaching the parents. So I ask you to pray for me as I teach many, many parents of the confirmation students. May God bless you, and may God bless you on this Sunday, which is the Lord's Day. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.